What's up? This is Matt from Live from the Middle Urinal, and you're listening to the BS Podcast Network. Hey, man, what up? You're listening to the Magic Our Way Podcast with your hosts, Kevin, Danny, Eli, and Lee, man. These are some good old boys from New Orleans, and you should just kick back, open your ear holes, and listen, man. Have fun. JMU saying, snooch to the dooch. Jumbo, everyone. Harambe. And welcome to another edition of the Magic Our Way. Magic Our Way. Magic Our Way. Magic Our Way. The Magic Our Way podcast. They are truly magical and whatnot. Sante Sun, everyone. You are listening to the Magic Are We podcast from New Orleans, Louisiana, in the United States of America. We are artistic buffs talking about Disney stuff. And this is the show in which every opinion is welcome. MagicAreWe.com is where you can find us. Last time we discussed Captain Marvel and the lawsuit, or lawsuits, I guess, associated with that character. Today we are talking about lawsuit. Is it one lawsuit or lawsuits, Eli? Uh, lawsuits. Lawsuits related to Howard the Duck. My name is Kevin. And I'm Danny. And on this show, we follow the Disney concept of edutainment where you focus on your entertainment, and along the way, you just might learn a thing or two. Hey, hey, hey. And as always, to join in our discussion, we have our resident comic genius from IvoryComics.com, Mr. Eli Ivory. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I want to say that so proper since this such proper 12 going on. 24. Oh, yeah, 24. That's right. This episode brought to you by Proper 12. Thanks, kind of. We're not sponsored by them, but we definitely appreciate what they're doing for us. Well, Proper 24 is sponsored by Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, that works too. Yes. 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 Really? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Show of hands out there. Damn it, Jack. Damn it, Jack. Takes a little while. (laughs) But when you get it, it's awesome. Where's the bomb? All right. So, uh, (laughs) I mean, out there, we can land. Remember Kiefer Sutherland? Just for show of hands? Okay. Yes. Great great show. Great show. Lost boy. In your car. Yeah. Don't drive off the bridge. All right. Good. Yeah, so, uh, excellent. Well, thank you. Yes. And also on our show is our resident travel agent for Magical Moments Vacations, the Shaggy, T.A. Lee Lastavica. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey. hey. What's going on? You just released a video on YouTube, didn't you? Uh, apparently. Trace leches. Three leches. Three milks. Ooh, muchos leches. Yep. Three milks, two boobs. No. Um, that's a different video. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Go check out that video as soon as y'all can. Subscribe. Yeah. That's not on YouTube. That's on Pornhub. Yeah. That's right. My goodness. No, actually, it's not on Pornhub. I'm sorry. It's on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> we put it on OnlyFans this time. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, guys, today on our show, we are talking about, well, as I mentioned, we were mentioning some lawsuits, right? We're connecting this to what we did last show with Captain Marvel. And we're talking about some lawsuits related to Howard the Duck, but within those lawsuits, there is a, a very colorful history associated with this character. Eli, you want to give him a little insight as what we're getting into with all this? Yeah, sure. Um, in this episode, you're going to find out how Howard the Duck was created when he was introduced into the Marvel Universe in the 70s. Uh, and then you're going to learn about how Disney got involved uh, in the sense of making sure that... Uh, he had a slight wardrobe change, and then past that, we're going to go into the movie, and then how how the duck had an influence on uh, Disney culture in the future. Awesome, guys. So look, enough of our jibber-jabber. Let's go discuss some Howard the Duck history magic.
Okay, so on this episode, you're going to learn the story that I call The Man, the Duck, and the Wardrobe. All right. So, Steve Gerber is a man who got his start in fanzines. He actually worked in an advertising agency. We're talking in the 70s. Picture it, if you will. St. Louis agency. There's a man there by the name of Steve Gerber. He's bored. He has nothing to do. It's driving him crazy. Well, luckily for him, he travels in a comic book circle. You know, he's got his few friends there. There's this guy named Roy Thomas. Roy Thomas. Roy Thomas. Wait, now, when you say his few friends there, where? He's in St. in St. Louis, but just in the comic book community, like okay. going to comic book conventions. So he's know. not an artist yet. He's not an artist. He he's a, a creative writer. He's a creative writer. He's a creative writer. He uh, actually did like one article uh, in this little independent zine called uh, Crazy Magazine. Crazy, man. crazy. So fanzine is a fan magazine. Yeah, fanzine is kind of like a. It's like an ash can. It's like, like ash you, can. Yeah, it's like a small book. You just kind of write your prose in it. You know, you say, hey, look, you know, it's kind of like you know, those rappers that you see, they haven't made it big yet. They have a demo tape. Yeah, they have a demo tape out the trunk of the car. They're like, hey, just read my stuff. That's all I want to do. Listen to my music. Read my stuff. Like what I got. Yeah, I wanted to clarify because I don't know if they still do fanzines and stuff nowadays. Right? Oh, I'm sure at an independent circuit. They Fan do. blog. Or Wait, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, it's probably all online Fan email. Point. Yeah, yeah. It's something a little different. Probably anyway. cheaper than having to print it out. Absolutely. But same concept, guys. Fan of a thing. You're going to write about it. And uh, yeah, so that's what he was doing. Yes. So, so, like an ash can would be like maybe a three-page treatment. Exactly. Oh, oh yeah. okay. I got book. you. Like, okay. like when we went to Comic-Con, we presented people with an ash can of our comic strip that we were working on. It was like maybe an eight-page booklet with a bunch of different strips in there. Interesting. Okay. So that's what this guy was doing. Yeah. This guy was just writing away. Excellent. Okay. So he knew a guy in the comic circle named Roy Thomas. I love his burgers, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> Roy Thomas? <laughs> <laughs> is that the Wendy's guy? <laughs> that I mean, no, 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 Wendy's is Dave Thomas. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Sorry, I, got, I got confused. Sorry. Oh, I guess Roy Thomas Burgers would be uh, Sandy's. Or- there's a Wanda's. Like he's, a, you know, like you have, <laughs> you know, they have McDonald's and McDowell's. Well, there's Wendy's and there's Wanda's. <laughs> yeah, his, his burgers are rectangles instead of squares. So ah, <laughs> and he has a baconator where he has the bacon eater. Bacon right, eater, right. Yes, I got it. That's okay. Roy Thomas. That's Roy Thomas. All right, cool. Oh, but <laughs> so uh, Roy uh, works at Marvel. He's an editor at Marvel, and so uh, Steve uh, literally would send Roy his work, and Roy would write back with critiques. Like you know, Roy is pretty cool. It's very hard for an editor to um, write back on submissions that you do at the time. But Roy likes his work, right? And so um, Roy says, "I tell you what, I'm going to give you a six-page Daredevil story. It's already illustrated." You just have to kind of fill in the words, so to speak, uh, for the script of it. Fill in the words? Yeah. Like a Mad Libs kind of fill in the words? What do you mean? Like, basically, he was asking Steve to script it, but then, like, kind of put the dialogue in, like, how would Daredevil say, oh, no, you're not being run over or whatever. Like, basically, just write out the illustrated part of that story. Okay, I got you. Because that was, well, that's that's a different thing, but that was Marvel style at the time. They would just give you a sum up of something and then draw it, and then you would come back and write it. Like those bad lip reading things where people just kind of add their own dialogue to an existing movie, but they make it match to the lips. Well, you don't have to worry about matching the lips, but people, you look at the thing and like, okay, what would they be saying in this? Okay, I got you. And in a particular way. Interesting, okay. You don't want Daredevil being like, oh gosh, you know, you gotta write that dude pretty cool. Yeah. 
So, listen, just to give you some background, uh, you know, we are artistic buffs. I'm more of a performance musical buff kind of thing, and these guys are more visual artists in the comic world realm. So that's why I'm asking those questions. I'd have no idea. This is all new for me, so I'm learning a lot. So this is great. Thank no, you. It's fun stuff. I mean, it's like when you guys do a history or something, I learn. And that's what I wanted to pay that forward. And I'm sure there's some listeners out there that probably have no idea what you're talking about as far as uh, that thing. So maybe this will help you. Well, they're going to learn today. Yes, they are. <laughs> this is a very interesting depth uh, delve into this world. All right. So sorry. Go ahead. Delve away. No problem. At this agency, Steve is bored. He's going crazy. Literally writes his friend Roy that he's going nuts at his day job. So what Roy does is he sends him a trial uh, script. Basically, he takes a, a six-page drawing of a Daredevil comic, and he says, go ahead, Steve, write this how you would see it. So Steve writes it, Roy loves it, and in 1972, he, that Steve, that is, gets mm-hmm. offered a job at Marvel, but he gets a staffing job, so kind of like, you know, office work. But Steve's not too good at that. He kind of falls asleep at the job. He's kind of, like, kind of slow. <laughs> he doesn't do too well. So, but Roy's a good guy. And Steve, luckily for him, is a very creative writer. So by that process alone, uh, Steve gets a chance to write comic books because his office work is just not that good. That's kind of funny. They made him audition but gave him a staff job. Yeah, well, they start you, They do start you slow. Uh, so it sounds like they want to keep him reserved because they figure, hey, this guy's pretty good, but we really want to have something right now. Yes, and, and, but you figure, though, at that time, the only thing he had written was, like, fanzines and ash cans. So oh, that's okay, not, gotcha, like... Yeah. Not oh, enough yeah. uh, portfolio. Sure. Yeah, right. We're not gotcha. pumping money into you, and you're going to write out characters that we have that are now established because you only did, like, a little five-page fanzine. And to make sure I have this straight, I mean, so he didn't have... It wasn't an internship. He had a job. He had a job. He had a job job. So, I mean, they're probably like, okay, we need to give you something to do but you before we're paying you so you're gonna have to do something around the office Office, to help out while we slowly bring you along into writing your own books well yes and and like you said this roy was uh was a cool guy he he had known steve beforehand you know just he was aware of his talent so yeah i guess he was just really cool at that point i was like yeah i'll give you a shot yes and so like now we're going into the 70s Right, and so they go ahead and Marvel, that is, says, all right, Steve, we're going to give you a shot and uh, let you write for us. Now, over the course of his career, uh, just in the, in the span of the career, he's written for you know, Daredevil. He's done The Defenders, which is like a, a group that uh, consists of Namor and uh, Doctor Strange. Namor like the is Hulk, a submariner. The submariner, yeah. Like, the, the Marvel version of Aquaman, for those who don't know. <laughs> oh, yes, okay, that's okay. right. Yeah, he's got the little feathers on his ankles. I always thought that was weird. I'm like, how you fly and your wings are like the size of a peanut? It's I like Hermes, like the the god of speed. But yeah, he had like you know little itty bitty wings on his ankles. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. The wings must have had steroids in it. Must have been made from church's chicken. That's what <laughs> I'm wondering. Uh, so yeah, so he he's basically done over the span of his career. That's what we're talking about. At this particular point, he's done a, a lot of work just in general for Marvel, just past, present future right never really kind of caught on with his own thing right until they issued a book that they now they did a book called man thing that was one of his early man thing man thing oh that was one of his early works now man thing if i could put a a visual picture you guys had in the fans head imagine if a fly got with a man who got with an elephant and then they all like 
hooked up. And so you had a fly's head with kind of an elephant's trunk in a, on a man's body that had like grass and muck and all kind of stuff on it. That's man thing. He's kind of like the, and he was mute. So he's kind of like Swamp Thing, you know, Swamp Thing? Yeah. Okay. He's like, a, he was like Marvel's version of that. So if Jeff Goldblum got it on with an elephant and was mute. Yeah. If Jeff Goldblum uh, becomes the fly, hooks up with Dumbo, I guess, and then. Yeah, they hook up with another. Yeah, it's, then he looks freaky. It's very freaky. He's got big ears. It's re- no, no ears. It's just oh, just the big eye, like the fly eyes. Like he's big, like red eyes. Okay, yeah. like things are just hanging off from like you know plants and algae and tentacles and stuff. I mean, it's like a cryptozoid. Oh, okay, like, you know, okay, kind of yeah. like a, um, uh, like it's a creepy Mothman or or. Uh, Something oh, like our Luke Guru. There you go. Yeah, the Luke Guru. Yeah, like There's an urban Luke legend. Guru. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. It's a nasty zoid. So that's um, man thing. Man, man thing. thing. Like you know, everybody. Not to be not to be confused with man thong. <laughs> <laughs> Completely different out there, hero. <laughs> if you got swampy grass hanging off your man thong, you need to see a doctor. That's uh, <laughs> you need that manscaper three thousand. Yeah, something needs to be washed that day. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, Manthong is a completely other hero. I'm sorry. Absolutely, uh, and he, and he's also he had, he had gone on to um, work on different uh, story bibles for cartoons like The Daughter Barbarian, GI Joe, and Transformers. So he was a huge part of our youth uh, story wise. Gerber, okay, yeah, nice. Steve Gerber, Steve so Gerber. You're setting us up for Steve to kind of give us an idea of who he is because ultimately, what does he do? Well, ultimately, what he's known for is he is the creator of Howard the Duck. The father. The father. If father, you father. Yes, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> he made that happen. And and so the thing is, is, is what you're going to learn here is about one man's love for his creation to a point where is it healthy or obsessive? That's the question you should ask yourself as we uh, peruse through this narrative so when in time are we looking at here when, when did this all take place we're all we're we're talking the 70s so he's hired in 72 he's gonna go on i wasn't born yet so okay. you were born <laughs> yeah. yeah neither was neither I. was i yeah yeah lee a 70 71 for me oh, okay so yeah. do you remember this <laughs> no I'm not, I'm not, just kidding <laughs> i mean not only do i not remember this obviously but the funny thing is like with howard the duck i I don't know, man. Like, I grew up in the '80s, obviously, but it's just one of those shows I never watched. I never movies I never saw for whatever reason. So I said, you know what? Let me check. I, I got it on Netflix, and I actually watched it last night, so I could have some kind of a frame of reference for Ooh. this particular show. Oh so, wow! Okay. So yeah, so I actually saw Howard the Duck the first time in my life last night. So you got to see Leah Thompson in her underwear. Yeah, I got to see some duck boobs. That was my actually. favorite favorite scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's a it's like the duck boobs was his favorite. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was a big pinup. It was it was a big pinup. If, if you see that movie, and, well, you uh, know, ever since he had those uh, what those duck wings over at Carthay Circle, he's been all about the duck. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Once you go duck, yeah, you never give a buck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was gonna say you don't give a. Well, never mind. That was that was, that was <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, I try to be clean, but yeah. I'm, I'm with you. That's what I would have thought, too. Uh, but before we would get to the movie, we have to know... There's a bunch more before that? Yeah, well, you got to know how the character comes to be and how he's made and the popularity that comes with it. So I want to know how Howard the Duck got a movie. Well, here's the thing. So Man-Thing has his series, 
right? And so in issue 19, uh, they they make, um, well, Man-Thing is a character. And so they make something that's like an anthology. So it's like a collection of, of different hodgepodge of characters and, and whatnot. So Man-Thing gets adventures into fear. All okay, right. so is, is Steve Gerber is is this his thing, or yes, is he he's just right. working on it? Well, he's well, he's been given the assignment. Yeah, he's working on. It. He's been given the assignment to write Man Thing. Okay, so this so is he didn't okay. come up with Man Thing. Correct. He was given Man. Thing. He was given Man. He ran with it, and yeah, they were like, "Here's yeah. one of your stuff." Now, what we're doing here, I this is what we're doing. So, like, I gave you that history. I just gave you all the stuff that it do did uh, above and beyond, right? Just right, right. Over, dude did a lot of work. Yes. But now we're going to take that one segment of his career and then we're going to break that down and then we're going to go ahead and show you how that evolves into Howard. Okay, so he's working a man thing. He's you working on man issue thing. 19? Issue 19 of a comic is called Adventures and the Fear. So it was featuring man thing. Okay, so there's this villain in there. His name is Thog. Not Thong. Because that's what I thought when I first read it. A lot but of thongs in this A lot episode. of thongs in there. You know, man had dreams. So, Whatever is comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, so this villain Thog, uh, he is like this master of these different realities. So in this in this episode, this issue, he tries to combine all these different multiple realities into one, like a multiverse. Multiverse. Interesting. Now the thing is, it's kind of funny. Is that Man Thing lives in the swamp, and so they were saying that. He lives kind of around the Florida Everglades where the mystical things happen, right? Now, it, is, it, is it possible? Maybe it's like a conspiracy theory, but is it possible that Steve may have thought, hey, you know, magical things have happened in the Florida Everglades before? Yeah, like uh, Meriwether Adam Pleasure created a whole island of adult oh, playground. All right, or maybe, you know, Walt Disney World, uh, you oh, know, that being okay. the, the giving birth there. So maybe he was inspired. What you're saying is is that when this talking duck shows up, maybe he is a magical creature escaped or pulls from the dimension of, of magic that's within Orlando, this area. Of or, Lake yeah, Buena Vista. The, the, around that, around that the magical area. dimension of Orlando. <laughs> this, 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 this is a, you know, it's a, it's a possibility, right? So, yes. So, this guy, Thaw, creates this universe, and then out of this universe comes this fussy cigar-smoking duck time where it with no pants from another dimension <laughs> character that just literally lays it out how it is i mean this character comes out he says hey this world of humans makes no sense to me i'm just a duck trying to get a duck so <laughs> the, to move your butt <laughs> to move the dance butt. floor in the what, cnc what, music what, factory uh, all uh, dance uh, with him uh, 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 <laughs> uh, uh, uh. and so like the, the 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 thing is is that the the crowd like the fact that it was such an abstract character in a serious Marvel human, you know, human-like world where every, all the stories were serious. And then here was this duck that was coming in and was basically saying, here's this satire. Your world doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, if these things are life and death situations, oh, well, I'm just go smoke my cigar and get the hell out. Right. So now the, the crowd loves Howard for like just for those like few issues. They love him. Unfortunately, uh, Steve's friend Roy, who got him the job, did not like Howard that much and felt that it was kind of weird for, uh, you know, a walking, talking, to go smoking duck with no pants on to just fit in this universe. So they make a storyline where Howard gets sucked into a void and like doesn't show up again. 
Now the fans are kind of like, well, what the hell happened to Howard? We <laughs> liked Howard. So like now in comic conventions, they're like hounding them. They're like writing. Uh, they're hounding the editors. They're hounding everybody who works at the Marvel staff. They're writing those, you know, bullpen letters. Like, you know, back then they would have those, like, you know, when you read the book towards the end, they have the bullpen where like people like, dear Marvel, I love your books. Where did these people go to get together? They're like, so people were writing to the editors like, where the hell's Howard? We like Howard. When Howard coming back? So like <laughs> after all this pressure, uh, Roy was like, well, damn. <laughs> what are we going to do? Okay. So the fans, they don't quit. Okay. So the fans, the fans see that Howard's disappeared. Now, one thing you should know is, is that uh, Steve tells Val when uh, creating the visual look of Howard, Please, 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 baby, please <laughs> don't make him look like Donald Duck. It's tough enough that they're both ducks, but just be easy on it. So Val draws him with a kind of rounded bill. He's very yellow. He's kind of got like his top hat. He's got like, you know, again, blue suit coat, red tie. He's chopping on a cigar. Chopping on a cigar. He's got like the web feet, but they don't look too web. They're just kind of like a simple, you know, simplistic kind of drawing. So that's the look going forward. Now, after the fans make their clamor, uh, Steve comes back and puts Howard into a giant size man thing issue where Howard now falls back from the void and he starts to do his own thing. Now he's meeting these other weird characters, such as Garko the Man Frog and <laughs> Bessie the Hell Cow. I don't know how much milk she's got to come out, but it's got to hurt. <laughs> Bessie the Hell Cow. Wasn't that your first girlfriend? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, her name was Bessie the Hell Mouth. But that's a different story. Oh, oh God. my goodness. <laughs> You know, still still having to put ointment on that sometimes, you know, in uh, in memory. But uh, so they they go ahead and and the reaction is only a couple of issues. Right. But the fans are just really happy to have Howard back. And so sales spike. Now, the guys at Marvel like, well, maybe there's something to this Howard guy. I mean, obviously, they they start to identify with him and fans are right. And they like the fact that it's kind of like a real surreal world as opposed to the stories that are being told at the time. You know, uh, Howard kind of juxtaposes anything that's going on and he kind of has a weird satirical way or the way that Steve is writing it. Howard's view of the world is just kind of like, yeah, this is this is kind of weird. This is a joke where there are things that are being taken seriously. We'll get into that in a little bit. So would you say that this is similar to maybe like Guardians of the Galaxy where because that was something that appealed to me about that particular franchise because it, it's just so different than everything else. So maybe that are you saying that's kind of what the appeal was, that it wasn't just your everyday Superman, you know, I can fly, I can jump, I can do this, that, and the other, and I'm going to fight crime type situation. So it was like giving the fans, you know, something different than what they see in their everyday in and out comic books. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Uh, it's, it's more akin to a character that you know sticks out and i think what steve kind of pushes forward is trying to make the character acclimate when visually it just shouldn't so yeah it's, it's kind of like that that weird standout and i guess it maybe the fans now this is just me just talking as a fan i think the people that gravitated towards howard were in a sense like outcasts or a sense had like a certain uh look on things themselves which stuff just didn't make sense because it had to fit into the norm 
And I think that's what gravitated them. And perhaps I just enjoy the juxtaposition of this sarcastic duck who is like Donald, uh, but way more acerbic. Yes. And way more uh, sarcastic. And and, And more adult. It can talk. It can talk. Yes. uh, Fitting into a world full of these giant muscle-bound creatures. Big as humans. And, And... Still being kind of like the alpha male, I I, I suppose. Yeah, proving yeah, proving himself, being like, yeah, this is a joke, and then like not really having any powers, you know. What I mean, like he can't shoot no ray guns out of his face or out of his bill, you know, nothing like that. Just uh, he's just like a regular guy. Uh, well, because you can't say regular duck, right? Because he's not. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he doesn't have powers, and no gadgets or nothing. He's just feisty. Sure. Uh, so, okay. So now, uh, in 1976, he gets his own series. Now, here's the trick. Now, remember earlier, um, Steve talks to the creative Val, uh, the artist Val, I should say, uh, when they first bring Howard into the Marvel Universe. Well, now he's getting his own book. And so, um, Marvel gives him two new artists. Uh, Frank Bruner, who works on the first a couple of issues, and then uh, Gene Nolan, who was a very popular comic book artist at the time, took over for the rest of the series. The series runs about 27 issues, which is a pretty good run back then, considering it's a walking, feisty, you know, duck with a cigar in his mouth. But the, the group, you know, loves it. Now, the thing is, is with these two artists, the style of Howard has changed. Now he kind of resembles a certain Disney duck a little bit more than he did before. Except, you know, he's a duck that smokes a cigar, right? Now, can, can, can you give the listeners a little bit of an appreciation as to what the comic uh, of Howard the Duck was? was? Was Howard like a private eye for hire? Was he a duck? Like, is it, was it similar to the movie? And I know you're going to get to that, where it's like a duck trapped in an earth world. I mean, what, what was the overall theme or or a scenario that that it played itself out in the in the comic pages. How did they present Howard? Yeah, they just kind of made like a crazy, how you say, like a parody almost. That's a, that's the best way I can put it. Uh, Howard would would just be like, uh, yeah, he was kind of like a private eye. He was kind of doing his own thing. He runs into uh, a human girl that's Beverly, right? I mean. He helps her out, and then he gets into all these other ventures where at the time, like you said, they gave him an Iron Man suit at one time just to, like, you know, make mockery of that. They just kind of took that character and just made sure they could turn the Marvel Universe on his head. Like, he was meeting all these characters that wouldn't fit in an Avengers comic book or a Spider-Man comic book. He was just, it was just a very crazy world that they made, and then he was just commenting on it like that's what fans like the most he wasn't in a duck world no he, he was a duck that was pulled from his world through that multiverse thing and now he's trapped on earth and he's just trying to yeah he's just trying to figure out while trying to get you know trying to get the normal things in life but it's funny like nobody actually observes what world he comes from until ironically and we'll get to it later but when steve is not taking over the book like actually a completely different writer explores uh howard's world calling it duck world and um yeah steve actually hated that 
He hated that idea. Duck world. Yeah. Okay. Which makes sense. I mean, he's a duck. Where else is he going to come from? Right. Right? You, you, at some point in time, like it's like Alf. Like, you remember? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They had the Alf show where Alf was an alien trying to make it in the world of humans, but then they did the cartoon, and now he's Gordon Shumway back on a planet <laughs> full of other Alfs, which would, uh, of course, it makes sense. The idea that he came from somewhere. All right, kill me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, and, and so and now the, here's the thing so now one of the things that uh, Steve covers is I guess issues with uh, politics and he actually makes it so that Howard runs for president of the United States in uh, 1976 uh, under the all-night party. The all-night party. Oh, yeah. All-night, baby. All-night. Lionel Richie. All-night long. All-night. All-night. All-night party. All-night party. All-night invited. And he actually had Marvel make pins. Like maybe pins. pins of like Howard looking all crazy with the duck bill and the cigar, like you know, pointing at you and like vote for Howard. Like yeah, it was it was a big uh, merchandising thing. And funny enough, uh, he actually got real votes, like, <laughs> like real votes. Yes, real votes. Uh, who knows? Maybe one day that's gonna happen. A fictional character is just gonna be president of the United States at some point. I mean, can't hurt. We we haven't gotten to that point already. We we have a. Uh, TV uh, celeb? Celeb reality, reality show. show. Yeah. yeah. We have a Terminator. WrestleMania contestant. But uh. <laughs> a comic book? I mean, yeah. yeah. It's got it's to come by. Uh, meanwhile, uh, and, and so this gets like Steve different interviews. I mean, he gets interviewed by Playboy, Washington Post. So like, you know, he's going ahead and he's getting a lot of attention uh, for his creation of Howard. Uh, unfortunately, way off overseas, the power of Howard paid attention to another group. And um, they have a duck as well. Who? Who? Oh, no kidding. Who could that be? You Ooh. don't say. Don't say. Well, there you go. It can't just be Marvel. It's got to be Disney. Got to be Disney because it's Disney podcast. Yes. Disney. Not Warner Brothers? Not Warner Brothers. Not yeah. Warner Brothers. Uh, so, yeah. So, so around this time, uh, the thing is, is Disney on the domestic front, they're not really paying attention to Howard the Duck as far as being a comic book. They, they, they're not worried about it. They're doing their own thing. It only takes their overseas distributors who make uh, publications called Golden Key. That was the comics was that, that made this. Golden. Golden gold, key. Oh, gold, 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 gold key. key. Okay. That made the Disney character comic book. So they saw that their sales were declining because people over there were buying Howard the Duck made by Marvel and people were getting confused. And so they the distributors and the and the sellers of the book say, Disney, you need to talk to these guys about this because our sales are dropping because you know there's two ducks in here and the world's only big enough for one. Ain't it gonna be your duck? <laughs> Right? What you gonna do about that? What does that say about Daffy, man? <laughs> I'm about to say, <laughs> come on. They talk about two white ducks. Oh, oh that's right. Oh. He went racist. They, they ain't thinking about Daffy. They nobody worry about Daffy. You know I love know? Daffy, but you got to work twice as hard to get to where the white duck is. Black Shoot. ducks matter. <laughs> that's right, man. <laughs> It, it wasn't until Roger Rabbit that brought them two together oh my God. playing piano on stage is the only time you saw those two ducks on stage. Meanwhile, how was asked out. I, mean, you can't, I guess you got to get th- three ducks in one and then you got a whole feast happening. Menage Quack. <laughs> Ooh, Menage Bill. Menage Bill. There you go. Bam. <laughs> now, now uh, as we all know, Disney does not have any problem with doing any sort of cease and desist. 
I mean, like now, oh, they love that. Stuff. They love that stuff. And there was at least three or four different things that I, I saw. And like, you know, I was like, but well, damn, some of the people that were mocking Disney characters. Like, you got to remember, like right back then, like right, the, the characters are very wholesome. You know, they're they're, Family they're friendly, out there, yeah. right? They're part of the culture. Like, really, like they're 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 well saturated. Definitely not to the level they are now, but yeah, they're they're part of the culture. So a bunch of different artists would kind of make parodies. Of their characters. One particular example is uh, National Lampoon. I know you you know they yeah. they don't make movies like Vacation, European Vacation, Animal House. Sure. Right? They roll. Oh, 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 yep, absolutely. That's I know it. That. That's it. And they had a did they have a magazine or something or whatever? They did have a magazine. That's what yeah, that's what it was about. And so in this magazine, they have a artist depiction of Minnie Mouse showing everything like she raises a skirt, she shows up everything except for two flowered pasties. <laughs> yeah over yeah. a little mouse nipples yeah over the mouse nipples oh, but wow. everything else as far as the mouse bush like that's all out there so you know people are like that's just raw making fun of Minnie Mouse so Disney went down there and said hey you can't have our mouse stripping and you know <laughs> she in our house you know like yeah, but can't was, you see why Mickey never wants to leave I, yeah I, obviously if she's pulling out flowered pasties I mean you can't beat that <laughs> <laughs> like look at that that's kind of kinky but that should be in your house, right? You don't want your lady being up in somebody else's house with that this pic, you know, this picture. Yeah. So uh-huh. Disney was not having that. Uh-huh. They said, f- that. <laughs> they f- that. You know what? This is what we're going to do. We're going to sue you for $11 million. How, you, how about that? Put that on your pasty. <laughs> they sued them for $11 million. $11 million. They said, if you're going to do that. For drawing a topless mini. Uh, yes. That was kind of topless. Well, a bottomless Slash, yeah, kind of topless meaning, yeah, because it, you know, it breaks the what the am I wholesome, for? the wholesomeness, the wholesomeness of it, break, the yeah, goodness, yeah. yeah, the goodness, like a good biscuit on the Sunday morning. The God that brought them down, yes, yeah. Yeah. put it on the stage. Yeah, yeah, the miracle, that, that, the miracle, that's right, <laughs> can't disrupt the miracle. Yeah, he can't that do Jesus that. Jesus is just that that brought just, upon that just wrong, wrong. So, uh. So National Lampoon says, yeah, all right, fine. We concede. We're not going to do this. And there were a couple other artists and other areas that, yeah, Disney had pretty much laid the hammer of Thor down on them to say, hey, stop making our characters look cheap. I wonder how Cracked and Mad Magazine have gotten away with that for so many years. They've been sued. They've been sued, too? Yeah. I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure everyone's been sued at some point in time, but they still... Well, I can't. They I still can't make speak. the parodies, yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time since I picked up a Mad magazine, but I mean, you know, even even in my uh, formative teenage years, they were still doing parodies of Disney movies and Disney characters and and whatnot, and drawing them in precarious less situations. Disney ways. And yeah, then I, I'm sure that the company would prefer to be them to be portrayed, but portrayed. But I mean, I would think satire, is satire. Yeah, and that's a that's a part of copyright law that happens later. Is like this, you know, one of the things is like if it's a one stop shop, meaning like they do it like one time, then they back off of it, and it's just a parody. It's not really your character. It's like an offshoot of it. But in the beginning, yeah, they just kind of tore right at them. But yeah, later they were like, eh, it, they kind of grade the areas. So did they get the the millions from National Lampoon? No, no, National Lampoon <laughs> was like, nah, we we cool. All right, we cool. We not gonna do it. You know, yeah, they're like, we cool, like but it's out there. Ha ha ha. Right. Yeah. No, they settled the case, and uh, and then they they took you know they, the pick was gone. But I'm sure whoever owns it at this point 
they still have it. I mean, oh, it's it's online. You can see it. I've already I took a look at it while we were talking. Exactly right. <laughs> so now, right. So they're upset. Disney goes out and uh, they they reach out to Marvel. This is around. 77 1977 and then they say to them hey look uh we hear you got this duck character uh that's kind of causing some issues with our own duck character so look we're we get it you're a comic company we do everything else we're not looking to sue you yet but here's the thing we're going to give you a chance to take these redesigns we're going to have our artists redesign your Howard the duck character for you and you're going to take it and you cannot change the design once you get it that's what it is if you choose not to do it there's gonna be a nice juicy lawsuit coming your way <laughs> and mickey mouse is gonna serve you the subpoena <laughs> so it's like they're saying we like what you're doing but we need to change it and so he, we're gonna do it for you and you're gonna deal with it yeah you're gonna, you're gonna like it you're, you're gonna, gonna like, like it, it yes yes and and so i mean that so they so Marvel at this point, I mean, they don't, they can't compete with something like this, especially a, a, like a, a lawsuit. I mean, they don't want that. So they're like, hey, look, whatever you want. Fine. Cool. Go ahead. Just redesign away. Now, the thing is, though, they don't tell Steve, you know, they don't, they tell, they don't tell Steve. So I guess in this case is more of uh, it's not Val's fault, the guy who originally created it, but it might be Gene's, Gene Nolan's fault. Or uh, I don't know about Fred because Fred kind of do the two issues. Fred, Fred Bruner, Fred Bruner, okay. who made him start to look a little bit more like Donald, okay. right? But I gotta imagine Steve saw the books. I mean, I'm sure he, he did 27 up his, issues, yeah, right. I'm sure he picked up his own books and like, eh, this looks a little bit different. Kind of looks like Don. Who cares? But it's kind of weird, right? Like he tells Val, please don't make it look like Donald. And then now Gene Nolan's a bigger name than Val at this time, and like he says that he liked working with Gene. It was like having a telepathic relationship actually gene that's deep yeah but if you think about it it's funny how synergy works now remember in the very beginning when roy sent steve the samples of work to write the daredevil thing that was drawn by gene Nolan. Ah, okay. yeah so maybe it comes around it comes around as a theory maybe steve was starstruck by gene was like oh man just look good man whatever you do like you know like i will put words in your mouth whatever gene. you need that's right out there so the, it doesn't really say who's necessarily responsible for that look but yes after that issue, those issues of how those 27 issues come out, that's what attracts the attention of Disney. So before with Man Thing and all that, Disney had no care in the world about that. But after those issues come out, then yeah, Disney's like, yeah, we're going to redesign the character for you and uh, you're going to go ahead and like it. Now, the designs come into making Howard's head a little more oval, his eyes smaller, and his bill a little more upturned, right? They want to give him toes instead of like the web feet and they want to give him a fatter body and not make him. They want to make him more yellowish. I don't know how much yellow you can be without looking like you have jaundice, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they want to make him more yellow than Donald. And then they like change the way his feathers look. And then the final coup de gras, the final nail in the coffin is Howard has to wear pants. Donald can just walk around, just let it flow in the breeze, but Howard needs to wear pants, right? It's so uh, hard to swim in water with pants. They <laughs> <laughs> can't do that to a duck. Especially if it's corduroy. That makes it really Corduroy, is, is that what he wore? No, no, no I'm just saying. I'm just saying if there's pants and they're corduroy. I'm about to say, that's even worse. You know, yeah. Kevin, that is the most logical argument I've ever heard for why, Disney, why Donald does not wear pants. 
Oh, because you can't just because you can't just swim. Like as a duck, you want to get in your pond. Of yeah. course, like I mean, you watch ducks, they just go in there and just go at it. I've never seen Donald do that, but you got to assume, like in private moments, he's like, you know what? There's a pond. I'm you just, <laughs> just let's take a dip. I'm just gonna waddle. That gives me a great. They need a Donald that can swim. <laughs> I want to see Donald just, you know, hey Daisy, let's go for a swim, baby, <laughs> in the moonlight. You know, I'm tired of this theme park stuff. You and I, we're gonna have a date night. We're gonna go on Seven Seas Lagoon, and we're just gonna swim around. <laughs> Oh, look, it's the water pageant. Let's go swim by that. Let's and then people will be like, oh, look, there's Donald. Without pants. Wow. No, not meanwhile, Howard can't do nothing. He they has to stand on the like side. They just swimming like a duck. He wants to take his pants off, but he's going to worry about like infringement and his company being sued. I don't know, y'all. I think we stumbled upon something that would be awesome. What? I mean, well, imagine if you're staying in the Contemporary or Polynesian or Flor- Grand Florida, and all of a sudden you see Donald and Daisy just swimming around. <laughs> just like <laughs> an water. animatronic Donald yeah. and Daisy. Huh. Or maybe not. Maybe they, they create a costume in which the, the people can actually just go in. like It's like a little boat. And they could just go into the water and just like, hey, you know, like they, they, like you they're doing the princess wave, you know, like, okay, you <laughs> like you're scuba diving and then like you, you come up for air. And you see them just kind of like swimming out past you with like no pants on. Well, see, Steve does not agree with this. Steve Gerber does not agree with what your trainer thought. No, he believes that Howard should be just as free as Donald and Daisy and just run out there without the pants on. So he wants Howard to well, is he mad about the pants or this the redesign in general? He's, uh, he's mad about the redesigns in general. He, he nobody consults him about that. Marvel just kind of concedes and says, "Yeah, we'll take the redesigns. The redesigns can't be changed," and they don't talk to Steve about it. But the main thing is the pants. Like Steve, <laughs> that's the main thing. That's yeah. the main thing. Well, I can see that. That's the that's the final straw. You know. Yeah, Donald ain't got no <laughs> pants. Daffy ain't got no pants. What kind of duck has pants? I'm just saying. Yeah, he does, right. And 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 really, what ends up happening is is that from that point forward. They have different other artists that work on it, but they don't follow. Some follow the redesign, some don't. And so uh, Steve actually makes different stories about censorship in which Howard is always trying to fight like these different groups. And in the groups, they try to like get him and force him to wear pants to which he wears the pants and then he takes the pants off and he's like, never will you you know do this to me. <laughs> so there are a couple of issues where Steve is creatively pushing his frustrations forward which i think is genius and just saying yeah i don't want my character wearing pants the man is trying to make me wear pants i like how he's turning howard the duck into kunta kinta <laughs> <laughs> i would not wear these pants i'm free <laughs> eli yeah so before he was wearing pants was he wearing the trench coat howard no he would just wear like a like a suit coat and then like a suit coat. Yeah, like a suit coat. Kind of like, yeah, he wore this. Like if you were doing a Zoom meeting and then like the top part of you was all suit. <laughs> you don't need to see the bottom anyway. You don't need to see the bottom. Yes. All right. I, I, in my mind, I was thinking trench coat. And I'm like, yeah, if you're wearing a trench coat, you probably need some pants. That's a whole different visual altogether. Yeah, exactly. So, But suit pants, a suit coat, I guess not. No, um, but no, yes, uh, he's just he's just got the top half. Uh, no, no pants. And uh, but in the redesign, he's basically Disney tells him basically he's got to have like an overall suit. And he's got to be yellow. Well, his yeah, the, the color of his feathers, feathers. Yeah, it has to be more yellow. So they're basically just making sure he is as distinct from Donald as possible, but not as I don't think it makes him look as what's the word visually pleasing as Donald. They want to make him look like a little rubber duck. What's what's curious about this to me is that Disney would go out of its way to be like. 
Because I, mean, I can understand Disney to a certain extent saying, like, we need to protect Donald, so we need to have final approval as to what this duck looks like. But yeah. to go that extra step beyond and say, no, 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 we're going to get, we're going to do it. Not that you guys get to re- redesign your character and submit it for our approval. We're doing it. And you're going to like it. <laughs> yeah, at Marvel. Or we're going to sue the pants, pants off, off of you, you literally. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got no pants. You don't need pants. You broke. That's awesome. And, I, and, and that says something about Marvel, too, at the time. If we can be honest. I mean, like, if, if somebody came up to me and said, hey, I have, um, I don't know. I got Mulan. Your, your Project Geisha character reminds me of Mulan. Here's the redesigns, you know, change it. Da, 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 da. I'd be like, hey, wait, because they're... Way to work this out first. Like I could imagine if the company that I worked for just took my character and then just said, "Yeah, we're just gonna follow what these guys told us," and then like not tell me about it, and then just concede without trying to maybe do a redesign back. Maybe say, "Hey, well, look, we don't want to be sued. Let's work something else out. We like this. We want him to have pants, anything." But redesign. They, but can you guarantee I'll be successful? Yeah, just but they just cave. They just they just totally caved. Wait, so so Steve caves on this? No, no, no. I'm saying Marvel caves. Oh, Marvel the, caves. The, no, Steve does not cave. Steve never caved. So at this point, he's always Steve, pissed. But Steve doesn't own Howard. I, I was about to say that. So at this point, Howard is a Marvel property, not Steve's anymore. Okay, so yes. Yeah, so now there's a yeah. That I went into technicality. Yes, okay. since yes. that's well, a big technicality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, right. this, this is like the eternal argument between creators versus the company they work for. You got a great point. Yeah. At this point, uh, Steve has a work for hire agreement. So yes, as long as he works for Marvel. The Howard is Marvel. So as long as it works for model, all properties that he creates under that brand is Marvel's? Yes. And so, and then what happens is, is like, uh, like say like they give you a check. And so like they have like these weird, like they have like the stipulation on the check, right? And you got to sign the back of it. And so like they always had proof, like you had a character's house. Now Marvel still likes Steve's writing and they give him a whole bunch of different uh, writing assignments so he's writing the superhero stuff and he's writing all his you know these other things in addition to Howard and they like him so much they sign him to a contract right so the contract uh, is the equivalent of he'd made like about like 60 grand a year now so now part of that is now you definitely work for us now part of the stipulation is if you don't work for Marvel anymore your character is ours because I guess like their point is is like we're printing it and you know right we're printing it we're we we did the merchandise where you wanted how to run for president promoting it we yeah. promoted it we we got to we got to pay the you know the distributors we have to pay the comic shops we have to you know do all this stuff we're taking the risk if we run your character in our book and the book doesn't sell we're eating the cost we're not coming after you to pay us back some of your money exactly that is interesting man cuz that same thing kind of happens in the music world where it's like you're under a label and you publish it under that label. They say they own it and you can't get it back and you can't sell it on your own or whatever else without doing it through that label. Yeah. Ask Frankie Lyman, right? <laughs> oh, I don't know who Richard. that is. Who's that? You know, uh, why do fools fall in love? Oh, no kidding. You seen oh, that no, movie? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. No, yeah. I, I got it. No, no that is nuts. That, that, is that nuts. happens in the entire art world. That pisses me off. Me too. That's kind of where it, it, it kind of gravitated me. Cause I, like when I was a kid, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to make this character. And like, somebody would always tell me like, don't you make that character and give it to such and such. They'll Take it, make it their own. You won't get nothing. And I always thought that was, but you know, it's true. But I mean, it, it does go both ways, though, doesn't it? Because I mean, we just had the last conversation about 
Captain Marvel Shazam, where uh, DC tried to claim that anybody, if they had superpowers, that's ours. That's because Superman. we created Superman. And so it, it can, like anything, there's positives and negatives on, on both sides. Mm. And there's people who are exploiting their copyright to try and prevent anybody from having a character that is anywhere um, in the ballpark of their characters. Now, with Howard, I, absolutely, there's a, there's a lot of a similarity in the way that, that he was drawn. They are both in and duck. Well, everyone, Daffy's last name is Duck. duck yeah, right? <laughs> You know, they're all they're cousins. They cousins. They related. <laughs> it kind of goes with the territory of being a duck. That duck is going to be in your name. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so you, can't, you can't copyright the word duck. Yeah, so <laughs> copyrights can be abused both ways. Where people are trying to prevent anybody from competing with them by trying to claim that if your character has one aspect of their character, that it's copyright infringement. When really, I mean, I mean, how many? How many different ways can you actually even draw a duck? Exactly. You know, <laughs> you know it's like you, you, they're going to look similar no matter what. I have yet to see a mallard duck drawn <laughs> in cartoons. <laughs> and mallard ducks, I'm a big fan because I, you know, I work at Tulane and uh, I go to Audubon Zoo and I'll see mallards all the time. Yeah. They ain't got no duck look like a him. I mean, you're right. In stylize, you can't, you don't want to over stylize a, a, like a duck because then if it doesn't look like a duck, well, then now that just defeats the purpose of you saying, here's such and such the duck. Can't have that. <laughs> that makes you look crappy as an artist. Then you're fired. You never work again. It's a very thin tightrope. You'll you never will. work in this business again. Come to think of it, there was also Darkwing Duck, and his last name was Duck, and he was white too. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he related to, uh, he's not related to Donald? He might be related to Donald. It's been a while I thought, since I thought they were all family. Y'all family. We never see him in the same place. Maybe it's the same dude. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I am too. That'd be awesome. They should have did that. But there was, also, uh, there was also that duck from uh, Tom and Jerry. He was yellow. That little itty bitty. Please don't eat me. <laughs> Mr. Cat. Oh, that you're right. Duck? I remember that guy. <laughs> oh, that duck was funny. Oh, my so hey, <laughs> perhaps the funniest duck. It is. No, but I mean, so he was a yellow duck. So I wonder, if, I wonder if Howard would have ran into issues with that. Like Disney didn't mm. care because Tom and Jerry was around. Tom and Jerry has been around for a while. Yeah, right? but that was like Hanna Barbera, wasn't it? Yeah, but that's different. It's crazy still media. their yellow duck, though. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, right. And he ends right. up working for them later, so that's you know that's kind of crazy. But they're different mediums. I mean, like if if I'm if I'm worried about what somebody's doing in the movies as compared to what I'm doing in the drawing, I can't. They got more behind them than what I have. But if somebody else who's like an independent creator draws something that looks exactly like what I got, I might have a shot to get a couple extra bucks. Not that I will just start suing like creators like, you know, recklessly like that. But times are hard. Maybe maybe the Magic Our Way podcast needs our own duck as a mallard. <laughs> we need to produce a mallard duck. Yes. I want a mallard his, duck character for the Magic Our Way podcast. And his last name won't be Duck. What would it or be? Or McDuck. <laughs> McDuck? I don't know. Because it's always like the last name's always Duck or McDuck or something. McBill? Some derivation. We'll just call him Quack. Yeah. Ain't, ain't no duck with a last name Quack. Mal Quack. Yeah. Miles Quack? Mal Quack. Miles Quack. M O W Quack. Mile Quack. I don't know. We'll work on that. There you go. Best defensive lineman ever. Bam. So <laughs> so here's the so here's the thing. So yes, you were right. Back to your point, Kevin. Yes. You were right. Because Steve worked for Marvel, they felt that Howard was their character. He created him under while he was employed by their brand, and therefore Howard belongs to Marvel, not you. 
Right. Ah, damn. So now, now also now at this point, they give him other work, and he's also fighting the having the pants, you know, done by Disney and the redesign. Right. So Disney backs off, but then they come back when they see later issues. None of the redesigns have been taking place. Oh no, <laughs> they're not too happy about that. Now they haven't sued Marvel, but they're just like. You're about to get it. Well, now, but now, who's making that call? Is that Steve or is that Marvel? The the call for the not listening to the redesign has been done by different artists. There's a whole bunch of different artists at that point. So some adhere to it and then some don't. But for the most part, how does that get through? Like, how does it get approved? Right? Yeah, you got to get approved. You got to go yeah. through the storyboards or whatever, and like the editor and this that, and the other. So it's well, not like well, it's a lot more about, strict now than it was then. I was gonna say, yeah, to go back to what Lee just said, storyboards. You're thinking like Pixar, dude where they kind of, you know, they're plotting out their books like three years in advance or something. No, like literally the way it works is that you get a script, the artist goes ahead and draws it. By the time you get the pages back from him at this point in time, at least, it would have been a couple months later or no, no, I can't say a couple months, but at least like a month later, you would get your new book and then boom, there's your art in front of you. So no one storyboarded it before they drew it except for the artist himself who had complete artistic control right and then you got to figure too like they had like a a rotating line of artists so that means like they might say okay well here's this redesign but it hasn't like gone like how it's not a huge massively popular character to say like uh the fantastic four or something like that so like every artist has to now say okay i could draw this duck oh wait here's this redesign okay well i'll pull what i can off of it but Artists, trust me when I tell you, just have different ways of doing things. I got to imagine when the actual book would come in, like maybe the editors would see, okay, that looks a little bit like Donald and we're not taking into account the, the redesigns, but if we don't run this book that as it's printed, we're going to Be not have a... Late. Yeah, we're not going to have a Howard the, uh, the Duck book this week or the, um, this month, and so we'll run it, but hey... Don't do that again. But then it's a different guy doing it next time. Mm, no, not necessarily. But keep this in mind. If you remember the last show with the Captain Marvel show, this is also a company that was like, hey, look, we want Captain Marvel. We're just going to make a Captain Marvel book. And then like, you know, so it, it, it's... They were pushing. They were just pushing the boundaries anyway. Yeah, but their staff is not as tight as it is now. Like, like you know, that's the, that's the key point. Even their legal department is kind of like... Yeah, we're not really on this to enforce this on the artist as well. And Steve is a right genius, right? Look at the whole man thing thing. That's a direct ripoff of Swamp Thing. Totally. That's a direct ripoff of them. And they still ran. I mean, because that's what they did back in the day. Somebody came across something that was successful. I mean, we still do it today. Somebody comes across something successful. You're going to see 13 derivatives of it by next season or whatever you know the new thing runs around so it's a different it's a different world uh from where you're coming from uh, <laughs> over there uh, speaking of derivatives yeah and so here's the other thing so then they keep in it now steve has other jobs i didn't mean to put it like that but <laughs> you said steve jobs yeah, yeah. <laughs> trust me that will make sense later um oh will it yeah yeah there's an aftermath part to this you'll, you'll love it so Here's the thing. So Stan the Man. Now, when you say Stan the Man, you mean Stan Lee. Stan Lee. So, Re- yes. God rest his soul. You're right. God rest his soul. Uh, so Stan, he is looking at the work that Steve is turning in, but he realizes that the work is getting later and later. So he's warning Steve, hey, look, you know, you got to get on this. Now, at this time, Howard also has, besides the book, he also has like a newspaper strip. 
So Steve Gerber's running behind late on all of them. Because Steve's like so caught up into this Howard madness. The pants. He's got something that's taking off, something that he created. He's not worried about your Daredevil book because that's not really his. He's not right. worried about all yeah, those stuff. Defenders and yeah. Right. He's fighting the, How- the, the Howard censorship right he's fighting censorship it is by he cannot let this go he's the lenny bruce of marvel at this point <laughs> i like that so and so here's it so then there's the thing so now steve is still doing his thing he won't let the pants issue go stanley says hey look you're behind your deadlines so i'm sorry they're gonna have to let you go we're gonna have to let you out of the contract at that point they've let steve go okay so Stan just said that's enough. You got to go. You gotta you're, go. You're, you're just you're too caught up in fighting the Disney fight. Well, they said they don't they don't touch on the Disney aspect of it, but they do. They use the they use the thing of saying you're behind on all of your books. Oh, so you, you what you're saying is is that you think that perhaps they used that excuse to kind of stop them because he kept bumping heads with them over this Howard the Duck issue because Marvel wanted to capitulate and Steve would put pressure on them not to. Right. He kept having the yeah, he kept making the stories where it was it would eventually piss Disney off. And I think the higher ups at Marvel knew that, but Steve was such a talent that they were like, eh, geez, let's see how far we can go. But they had to catch him on something a little more solid. And Steve was falling behind on his deadlines, putting books uh months behind. Can't have that. Like that's a legitimate no no in the comic book industry. If you if you can't make your deadline, you out or the bread line. That's how that works. Well, you got to look at it back in the day. I mean, when you wanted, and, and maybe it is still like this to this day. I don't know because I don't really cl- do comics too much anymore. But, I mean, the promise was, I mean, you had to keep your fans so invested invested in your book that they knew show up a month from now. I mean, you would absorb a comic book in less than 15 minutes. Like when you would read it cover to cover, to cover You'd be done with it, and you're like, great, man, I can't wait to see what happens with the next issue. And the idea is you're invested, and so you have to wait a whole month before you get the next issue. So being on time is important because you don't want to – you keep people waiting two to three months to find out how that's – eventually they're going to latch on to something else. Right. They figure they can always pull another artist. There's another writer that's looking for jobs. like the NFL. There's always another guy that can run, catch, throw a ball. That's how they saw it. It's one of those deals where – like we run into this all the time. Like maybe you, there's this guy or whoever employee that you want to get rid of, but you can't because you don't have any reason to, but then you're like, all right, here, here's my chance to do this. And so, yeah, you know, like maybe being late is not that big of a deal, but I guess it is. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like that's what they find. They're like, okay, we just cannot, we, we've tolerated a, B and C, but you're messing us up on these deadlines. So you got to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's it- it's like, hey, we love you, man, but now you now you're killing love us, you, and, but, uh, <laughs> and your character is getting us sued. Yeah, your character. You gotta go home, bigger. but you gotta go. Yeah, <laughs> and you can't have the you can't have these rights. And so because of that, uh, they they let Steve go. Now Steve is okay. He goes ahead and he does other projects for DC. Like we said earlier, he works on cartoons and a good huge part of our youth. So Transformers, GI Joe, Thunder the Barbarian. So he's doing okay. He works. For uh, like he does some side work for Eclipse Comics. Um, there was actually a, a thing where he had where he wanted to beat the redesign by changing Howard into a mouse. <laughs> into a mouse, yeah. Howard he, the mouse. Well, he, yeah he he wanted to, he wanted to do this weird storyline where Howard gets transmuted into a mouse to try to beat the redesign law. 
because like they said they gave him the redesign for the duck but they never you know they said you can't change that but I guess he figured hey that's Jesus would turn him into a mouse and then like there's nothing you could do with that and I guess he didn't you know they didn't have uh, time to kind of figure out would the fans even like something like that which they didn't because that idea tanked really quick so it's out there yeah oh yeah i'm looking at him right now how the duck as a mouse he looks like a broke ass chuck e cheese oh my yeah. gosh so so danny broke just cheese <laughs> he just web searched howard the mouse yes and you found that uh yes if you if you do howard the duck mouse you will see uh howard the duck he's a brown mouse and 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 surprisingly because you're wait you're totally waiting for him to look like mickey but there's no, there's very except for the fact that the ears are very circular. Yeah, but there's not a there's not boots, red pants, right? There's very, and he does have pants. He does have pants. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he does have pants, and and then which is odd to me because Mickey has shorts, so they could have totally gone pantsless here <laughs> and gotten their pantsless character, but they no. They I don't got, know because the, some uh, you know National Lampoon did a pantsless mini and that didn't work out too well for them. They did so. a topless mini, yeah, right? yeah. yeah, but they went well, with mini, and this is like Howard pantsless. Well, I'm just saying they the fact of them changing him into a mouse was probably something that was scary to Marvel executives as well, like you know. Well, it's tough to market a book called Howard the Duck with a character that's not a duck. Well, that's true. That is very true. So, yeah, Steve never gave up. That's probably another part of the reason why they had to let him go, right? They let Steve Gerber they, go. They let him go. Jeez. Now, Howard the Duck, the comic, still continues for a little bit. Now, they, they try what they can with Howard, right? What time frame are we thinking? Is it still 70s or we're going into early 80s? Oh, now we're into the 80s. We're into the 80s. We're, in, we're into the 80s. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and so now, at this point, they give different writers and they give uh, different artists a chance to work on Howard Hens. This is where Doc, uh, Duck World is born. A different writer created that. I think Mr. Melita is his name. Nobody, like, well, Steve didn't like that one. So all this time, Steve is not with the company anymore. Yeah, he's not with the company. He's basically watching his baby be in birth and, like, taken to school by completely different parents. He has nothing to do with Howard the Duck. Well, but he did have to do with the Mickey Mouse transfer formation of howard no i'm just saying after they let him go right right yeah, yeah. how it's still going i'm just saying that he did a lot to destroy his creation himself that's a fair before, assessment <laughs> you know he started letting other people try to take it over i mean for a name like steve gerber i mean yeah it's no surprise he's acting like a baby <laughs> yeah i mean don't make a comic book where you feel your character is being censored because he has to wear pants and then keep pushing the envelope but maybe that was why they liked him in the first place before this this issue came about with Disney, and and again, uh, yeah, Howard is just hanging out. He, he's got he's in Duck World now. He's like partnered with She Hulk to help boost her series. There's even uh, some writers even take it to where he leaves uh, Beverly's girlfriend and contemplates uh, suicide in a different issue to make a parody of It's a Wonderful Life. Oh my gosh! Writers still try to take the Steve Gerber approach. And making satire out of different things that were happening in the world at that point. I think suicide is a pretty tough one to do. But uh, yeah, these are part of the reasons why the sales for Howard started to decline. And then Marvel was like, eh, we're just going to push this character out. Like, you know, newspaper, everything, they just, it just stops, right? But. Marvel does what Marvel does best. When in doubt, sell the license to your character. That will help you out of bankruptcy, which is a story for another time. And it helped them now. So what 
Marvel does is they take the license of Howard the Duck and they bring it to a company called Celluloid Productions. Celluloid, okay. Yeah, like S E L L U. Oh, so uh, not like C E L L. Yeah, not like fat. Oh, so celluloid. Celluloid. 80s, yeah. Cellulicense. Yeah. Cellulicense stallion. So so the first thing that Celluloid decides to do is they decide to make a Howard the Duck radio show. And they were going to have uh, Jim Belushi actually do the voice of Howard. Oh, wow. Yeah. You said we're going to have. They actually had it? They yeah. had it. They were going to use it for radio spots, but they only did like four episodes, okay. like like four spots. So it's very hard to find. But if you look for the Howard the Duck community page, you can find a couple of them online. Uh, they're, really, they're really quick to go through. But yeah, I think it was cool. Like when I think of Jim Belushi, I always think of the principal. Yeah, so that would that would be cool, but yeah, it only made four episodes. Didn't do too well. So Lloyd and Marvel had another idea with uh, How the Duck. They decided to make it a movie. You don't say. Yeah. This is what Lee Lee saw? This is what Lee saw. You might have heard of this movie, Howard the Duck. Yeah, Leah Thompson in Underwear. One of my favorite movies growing up. Duck boobs. (laughs) 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 Nice. (laughs) That's the best line all day. I agree. (laughs) So, yeah, they decided to go ahead and make a movie about it. And Steve hears about the thought of them making a movie, and then he decides to sue Marvel and Celluloid as well for his uh, rights to be the creator and get some profit and say, hey, I'm the guy that made this character, Howard the Duck. Now, they go ahead and uh, the case goes you know back and forth for a while, but pretty much to kind of sum it up, uh, they settle out, right? Uh, Marvel pretty much wins it. Obviously, because uh, they say, hey, look, he worked for us. Like we talked about before, he worked for us. Character's ours. We still made the character after he was gone. Movie sucks. We didn't make any money. Yeah, getting to that <laughs> later. Yeah. You know, uh, and then like, and Steve wanted to sue Stan Lee, too. They, he wanted to sue all of them for like two going for million. All of them. He went for all he of went them. He went for all of them. All of them. He was like, I am a creator. I have the rights. I made this guy when nobody else thought of it. This character's mine. He's mine. And <laughs> Barbara was like, no, he's not. Now, the crazy part is, if this had happened, if he, Steve, that is, had created this character, Howard the Duck, after 1976, he might have had a chance because the Copyright Act of 1976, of course, appears, which might have helped him with his case. But since it was before that, couldn't do it. Steve even got a lawyer, uh, Henry Holmes. Henry Holmes had represented Billie Jean King, George Foreman, and uh, Harlan Ellison, who's a science fiction writer. So, needless to say, his lawyer was not cheap. Well, that was making Steve go broke. So then Steve had to go ahead and uh, partner up with Eclipse Comics to make Destroyer Duck. I don't know. Destroyer Duck? Yeah. Like, it was like... um my love for you is ticking clock destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a talking duck destroyer? Beautifully. Yeah, man. So yeah, he he got with all these he got with all these other artists to try to help him pay his bills and his bills only uh his bills were so high the book sold a lot it sold about bill. 80 85 <laughs> the bill that's funny ah. Ah. sells the sells about 85,000 copies but that only pays 20% of his lawyer fees oh my god that's how high that was so look at the picture this looks like freaking like duck howard the duck in a hulkbuster suit 
Yeah, well, it's like it's almost like he in the beginning he looks like like Sergeant Fury, like uh, one of those like GI Joe kind of like old school GI Joe kind of guy, the fatigues and stuff. Uh, so yeah, he tries to do that, but he can't afford it. He's he'll be paying these lawyer bills for the rest of his life. So well, he, if you look at the first edition edition of uh, Destroyer Duck, it says Special Lawsuit Benefit Edition Number One. That's it because he's trying to let his fan base know. Look, if you support me, you're supporting the cause. Creator rights. Yes. And so, yes, to show your How dust. much is that issue worth? Holy crap. Oh, my God. You want to find out? Well, I want to find out. I'll yeah. tell you right now. You ready? All right. So, Danny's looking at it. If up. it's more than $5, I'd be impressed. Wow. $49.99. I was going to say, Neil Adams, Kirby, they all worked on it. They were legends at the time. That's got to be worth more than $5. I didn't realize Jack Kirby was the illustrator. You didn't give me that. I was I was working to that. <laughs> yeah. I then I got intrigued. And I was like, well, let me just hold that back. Jack Kirby was the illustrator. So, yeah, I'll give you that. So, it was like, yeah, it's a 50 bucks. Still, it's only 50 bucks. But, yeah. yeah that's true. I, 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 I would I would buy it. So that's a, okay. So destroy your duck. Destroy okay, your duck. Yes. So he's trying to make his money by pretty much making the same type of character that got him in trouble in the first place. And it's like, just funding the lawsuit. Just the lawsuit. Oh, I just I would just think that's just being really obsessive uh, at, at this point. But so the the case ends. Uh, they they settle out. And basically, what happens they is they settle out. So okay, yeah, they settle out, and nobody knows what the disclosed amount is. Like I, I, you can't find it. Every every thing I read pretty much said the same thing. Like, so we were not in the room where it happened. <laughs> yes. Therefore, you did not know. This That's is, right. This is not the price you were looking for. That's right. So, uh, yeah. So here's the thing. So Marvel says we can do whatever we want with the character. He's ours. But you, Steve, will give you the props of being the creator of Howard the Duck. That's all you get. So he gets no money, but he gets props. He gets recognition. He gets some percentage, but not as much as, like, say, like... Uh, if he was still working with a company? Yeah, like, say, like, all right, like, if we're going to pass forward really quick, like yeah. Rob Laffel, who does, like, you know, when we, when we do the, the endings, and the yeah. guy that comes in, and he's like, Domino, come, yeah, like, awesome. That guy has, like, he has Deadpool, Cable, like, he has a bunch of, you know, characters that, like, yeah... They've made the mainstream, so I'm sure he got he has like a bigger percentage based upon how things have changed now. And a guy like Steve probably paved the way for a creator's rights when they get to that level of uh, success, because it's very tough to have a, a, a character that you just made off the bat and then it gets big fast. And then, like, now you have nothing to do with the company, but, you know, people are still drawing your character. They, I'm sure they have worked out the percentage thing a lot better, but uh, for Steve, he just wanted to deal with the fact that there was a movie being made, right? All right, so now we're going to go ahead. We we fast forward it. Steve gets to be a consultant on the How to Duck movie, which we know uh, had George Lucas tied to it, right? George George Lucas thought, hey, look, this would be an interesting idea. Like, you know, uh, got this, I got this Star Wars thing that was going. Nobody gave me a chance. I, I feel that. But uh, and I did Indiana Jones, but I think... If we do an Indiana Jones with a duck, I think it'll work. Is that what you think he did, Indiana Jones with a duck? Uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's some stuff already. It was kind of like, yeah, we'll make it'll be an adventure with this duck. It's never been done before. It's quirky. People already like it. It seemed more like Big Trouble in Little China with a duck. Uh, that's a good point, Lee. I No, I, I think Big Trouble in Little China is awesome. Yes. And, the, and, and how the duck is? 
not. <laughs> not not uh, on the level of Big Trouble. It's yeah. not on the level of Pork Chop Express. I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. Though I give them this much credit. I like now they took a lot of work to make Howard move. Apparently, it was all kind of crazy stuff they had to do. They had different actors to do the move because uh, I think they changed the look of him over time. I think the other thing they did was they said for him to talk, they just had an actor that just spoke through a speaker so that the other live actors could just have something to play off of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was tough to actually hear the animatronic Howard the Duck talk. Yeah, it, I mean, but it was quirky. I got to say, it's not like whenever the movie came out, I never watched it. The guy in the suit wouldn't have talked Howard though, right? No, no, but they, I think it was a matter of how they could project the the voice so that the other characters, the other actors could do their lines. And I, they, huh, they had some other issues just basically making Howard. But, I mean, do we all agree that what would you give it out of a uh, scale of one to five? Five being one to the five highest. feathers? Well, yeah, five feathers. Oh, my God. If I was, if you were talking to little me back in the day, uh, probably a three. <laughs> If you're talking to me now, like, you know, a one, if that. <laughs> I can tell you as someone who saw it for the first time last night, it's definitely one feather. It's not <laughs> one feather. There's even a naked like, duck in I it. don't even understand how that movie got made and released at that point. But, I mean, knowing all the history now, of course, I do understand it. And the fact that George Lucas was attached to it, I'm sure that had a little bit to do with it getting made, but... It did have no sense whatsoever. It didn't make any no plot line. No, it was just like, hey, here's this guy, and I didn't even I, like. I didn't even like Howard at all. I was like, this guy's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> like, what an annoying character. But anyway, it just it just was like, and okay, and let's just say this: if you're going to do an '80s movie, you should have at least have some good '80s music on there. Like the there was no the soundtrack was terrible too. You didn't like so, the Howard the Duck. You didn't like that, that was the last song. That was the last song, and I didn't really like it that much. But at least that was. <laughs> I thought it, I thought one that, of the songs on there. I but. thought the song was catchy. I, I did. Now that's Young Eli talking for real. I, that I thought it was catchy. I, I put it on my VHS tape when I when I saw that. It's funny that Lee was watching Howard the Duck last night when I was watching Midnight Madness last <laughs> night for the first time with my my daughter who loved it. Oh my, loved it. That would be an interesting like uh, retro thing to talk about because it's yeah it's quirky. Uh, it's a quirky movie. Can't say it. Not even on Disney Plus. That'd be ashamed themselves. Like I even saw it. Terrible. Pro- produced by Ron Miller. It's like that damn well ought to be on. Freaking, and there's like a couple of Mickey Mouse references in the movie. Oh wow, there is. If you watch Midnight Madness, you'll see a couple of Mickey Mouse references in the movie. I ain't gonna spoil it. Yeah, we'll get to that one day. But I mean, Midnight Madness is a brilliant Disney film for its time. Uh, okay, so we agree uh, the movie's a little quirky and, uh, and uh, a little weird, and that was one of the things that uh, Lucas and uh, the people that helped to create it. Uh, felt that it was just kind of a zany thing. Now, Steve got to act as consultant, and the funny thing is, Steve would tell you to this day, it was the best movie ever made. He loved it. Absolutely loved it. Now, uh, meanwhile, movie does not do too well. It tanks pretty bad. I think like, uh, ooh, I think it only makes $60 million, but I think it was like, it made like, it was a, it would cost almost twice that much to make. All the critics hated it. Uh, everything. And here's the funny thing. Now, 
really quick, Steve still gets to work with Marvel. He still gets to make like cool work. He goes ahead and he makes like wait, wait. So he's not working with Marvel, but he still gets to work with Marvel. Well, I was yeah, gonna I'm say confused. yeah. I, I'm sorry, I apologize. Yeah, after the after the movie has come out. The, the movie, movie has come, come out, out at okay. this point. And, and, he, so, and the movie came out and he's still not working for Marvel. He's not working for Marvel. He gets to act as consultant on the movie. And he gets the title of creator during the movie for Howard the Duck. So in the credits, he is listed as creator, as said per lawsuit. So now, yes, the movie, the movie takes. And uh, because of that, uh, George Lucas had been going through some other financial issues. This movie kind of put it over the top. And so what he had to do was uh, he had to sell a part of his studio called the Graphics Group to Steve Jobs to make his money back. (laughs) Nice. You may not have heard of the Graphics Group, but you've probably have heard of a group called Pixar, which is who this studio was after uh, that after it got sold to Steve. Steve uh, bought it for $5 million, put another $5 million into the group, and then hence you now have the wonderful world of Pixar. So you can thank Howard for that, ladies and gentlemen. You can thank Howard for that. In later years, after all this stuff happened, of course, the staff of Marvel changes, and Steve is still regarded as a writing genius. And so different... Uh, editors and stuff they still say hey come back work in the fold why don't you work on Howard here and there and he does he works on Howard in different uh, revamps for Marvel Max he you know just does his thing and uh, everybody loves it only thing is is that Steve still can't let go of that censorship pants thing so what he does (laughs) is in later years he comes up to Marvel and he says I got a great idea now he's a freelancer at this point how long ago is this? Is this, Disney still does not own Marvel at this point, I'm assuming, right? Right. Disney does not own Marvel. I'm sorry. Yeah, Disney does not own Marvel at this point. The movie has happened. It, it's flopped. We're talking early 2000s now, before the bankruptcy, before the change of everything, like about 2001. Uh, so what happens is, is that Steve talks to Marvel, and he talks to Image Comics, right? And he basically pitches... A weird kind of crossover without the two books crossing over. In Marvel, he wants Howard and Spider-Man to be, um, you know, fighting some bad guys in this warehouse. While on the image side, he has Destroyer Duck and Savage Dragon, who's created by Eric Lawson, who used to be a Spider-Man artist. I remember. Yes. Uh, the image breakup. That's a, that's another one. That's another good story to tell. But uh, he talks to them separately and uh, the Marvel editor uh, kind of is like, I'm kind of scared about this. I don't know what you're trying to do. And he's like, no, nah, it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be good. So basically what ends up happening is, is that within the, you have to look at the two books at the, at the same time. But there's a fight that goes on and there are a bunch of duck clones. So Destroyer Duck and Savage Dragon steal the real Howard the Duck from the Marvel Universe and then bring him over into the Image Universe. And Spider-Man apparently walks off with a clone that is supposed to resemble Howard the Duck. So this is Steve's way of saying, I took my character back. The character that you see in Marvel is a fake. (laughs) Well, that fake is pretty much doing uh, really good right now because now we're seeing him with pants on, getting a resurgence. In the Marvel Universe, we're seeing him uh, being portrayed in uh, what Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, we're going to 
they're, they're pretty much redoing the, the series with Marvel now. He was in Endgame he was for an a in-game. brief moment. They might. Would you Would you guys want to see a redone Howard the Duck movie oh, in the MCU? Man. You know what? I don't know if I need it to be redone. Just have him in there. I would like to see Howard in... Yeah, I would. I would like to see Howard portrayed as he was meant to be portrayed. That duck looks a little rougher. I think he I does. Think that duck a lot. that's in there now, he looks a little more from Guardians. Yeah, the one that's in Guardians. Yeah. I I think that one would portray a more adult version of of, of how that story could be. Well, that's post Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson broke up with him, so he's like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got issues. It, it couldn't work. It couldn't work out. No, no, because he got that. It couldn't work screw. out. But uh, but with that story, um, the editor was worried he was going to be fired. He did not get fired. Uh, Steve apologized to him, and so all things were good. Steve went on to win a bunch of different awards, uh, like we said before. So, I mean, he even got uh, inducted into the Will Eisner Hall of Fame. Which is, Eisner? Yeah, Will Eisner Hall <laughs> of Fame. <laughs> oh yeah, um, <laughs> no. When we talk about the creed of the spirit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, sequential art uh, father of comics, if you will. Oh, so, so this it, is a good name. Yes, this is a great. Oh, it's a great name. Great name. Okay, um, okay cool. Yeah. Uh, so yes, and uh, so Steve, you know, went down saying, "Hey, look, I do not want my character wearing pants." And so now you know the story. It's all about the glory. That is how how the duck came to be and the effect that he had on not just the Marvel universe. But the Disney universe as well. And now they own him. And now they own him. And I, in support of Howard, will not wear pants. There you go. <laughs> but now you know why Howard wears pants. Why Now you know why there's that specific shot of him sitting there With wearing pants. pants. Yeah, okay. That's it. Yeah, that makes sense. Otherwise, he'd be duckless. That's, that's, um, that'd be great if like in the, the fourth iteration of the MCU, Howard the Duck makes an appearance more so than just an appearance. I would rather see a Howard the Duck movie than the Eternals movie, uh, to be honest with you, <laughs> for this next phase. Oh, okay. okay. I, I, I personally would. That's, that's a different argument. For another day. For another day. So what, what was Steve's feelings when uh, Guardians finally came out? Well, unfortunately, uh, he passed away. Oh. oh, man. That's a shame. Yes. Was he buried with no pants? <laughs> oh, oh that only his family can tell you that <laughs> that was not anything i read um well when they do an open coffin all you see is the top half so yeah maybe you see the you see the, he should though without any pants i i i would think though with the pants thing on that scale i'm sure he's still he's upset but i think there's still a part of him seeing his character on the screen it would still uh make him happy but i'm sure he would rather have his character in his own movie i think he would still be more pumped about that movie that everybody disliked than five minutes of a movie everybody liked that's what i would like to think i i would agree with that i i'd absolutely agree with that because yeah he does show up for like a brief moment in, in every movie he's been in I, i've always looked at it as a as a tease that they're going to pay off at one point in time where you get the howard the duck series in the movie or that kind of thing so i'm kind of curious to see what they do with that i think it's crazy that it's a character that comes off as a gag in the beginning just like, you know, just the, the world that it's in in the 70s. Like, all right, well, let's just make this weird psych act. And then it it turns into a fan sensation. But more importantly, it turns into a love that a creator has for his character to a point to where he's like, all you big behemoths, no, no, no. Like, I, I got to tell you, I love the work that I do. But if, I don't know, I mean, like, if Disney came to me and was like, hey, 
we'll make this movie, but we just want your character to wear pink tutu, I'd be like, well, I could make another character. Could, <laughs> you know, it is true to a certain degree. It is like being known as the guy who created like Orko from He-Man or, or Batmite or, you know, you name the obscure little quirky comic-y guy that just for whatever reason uh, caught on and had a little bit of a cult following. But um, it, it is. It's, it's kind of like, well, okay, hey, at least this guy's getting recognition. Man, this dude took it seriously. But he already had, he his career had already expounded. Like, if you know for one thing and then that's it, that's one thing. But this dude could have went on and now just this is strictly hypothetical. Right, just for the listeners to say, this dude could have went on, wrote like a pretty awesome. Uh, let's say he could have written an awesome Avengers story. That story could have been turned into a movie. Like you just never know. And that's my point. And like he never, I think that's unfortunate. He never gave himself that chance. It's like if you've been given the keys to the kingdom and people are like boom, you're a legend. Like, do you? give up everything for this one shot for this one character or do you just take all the gold and say hey i got this whole sandbox i'm a name people have heard of me whatever i, I could write is gold people love what i do i could create something later i could i could take the characters you have none and put my own satire on it because i know people follow it from this you know obscure character i i think that's the part of it for me that's fascinating you know, that he just chose to have that tunnel vision to a point to where it's like, you should give up here. But if he was satisfied with the fact of his character just getting to that level and then still getting the name recognition of being a creative, and if he's good with that, then that, that's awesome. Well, Eli, if you could, for me, create this, and since we are in South Louisiana, can you create Nutria the Nude? What? <laughs> Can you create that character for me? Yeah, sure. Okay, thank you. Give me thirty minutes. <laughs> that will be hard. Nope. Does he have? Do they have a? Does the business you want the business to come out to? You know, whatever it takes for him to destroy levies. Just like a a big like big teeth. Yeah, he could be like a, a, a villain. Nutria the nude. He's a villain. Oh my goodness! He destroys levies and he's gonna and like everything in the entire Mississippi. He's gonna flood. I gotta still have him fight Beijing Chloe. That's fine. Too. That's it. <laughs> Beijing Chloe could be the superhero. That works. Be, that's it. Okay, I'm walking away. I'm well, Eli, look, man. In all seriousness, thank you for this. But I am serious about Nutria the nude. But uh, anyway, uh, separate <laughs> tight. Uh, thank you for the Howard the Duck history. This has been fascinating because I only knew Howard the Duck from the movie, and then from appearances in Guardians of the Galaxy as well as Endgame. And this uh, this history of Howard the Duck. Including the lawsuits and stuff has been like absolutely fascinating. It's a lot. Thank you. Thank you for uh, letting me uh, share that. Absolutely. Share that love. And y'all hear the love. That's all love. One more weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully, you learned something. Uh, if you want to ask any questions for Eli about Howard the Duck, we'll tell you how to do that in just a little bit. Or the Nutria the Naked. Nutria the Naked. <laughs> N E K K I D. There it is. Thank you. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed that discussion of Howard the Duck, all of it. If you want to learn more about us, magicourway.com is the way to go there. You'll find our social media links, past episodes, and more. If you want to get in touch with us to share your opinions, you can do so through the following ways. Shoot us an email at show at magicourway.com. Leave us a voicemail via our speak pipe widget 
Or you can call or send us a text message at one 815 That is 1-815-MOWEEKEN-669-4226. And of course, we have a couple guys that do things outside of the podcast. First of all, we got Eli that does things with comics. Eli, here we go. Hey, Rob Liefeld here, Deadpool, Cable, X-Force, Domino, Marvel Comics, Image Comics, all of it. You guys, what is up? Eli Ivory, what a great name. Eli Ivory, comic guru. I'm here to talk about you. I am here to say, check out ivorycomics.com. That's right, you. Check out ivorycomics.com. I-V-O-R-Y-C-O-M-I-C-S.com. If you're not doing that, you're missing out. You're missing out. Uh, the Savages comic cannot be beat, cannot be surpassed. You need to check it out. Experience it for yourself. And you know the story. It's all about the glory. Congrats to you and all the magic that you're making with your Ivory Comics. Eli Ivory, comic book guru. Check out IvoryComics.com. Comic book guru. Eli Ivory. The whole package. Deadpool said to. Do it. IvoryComics.com. Right now. Lightfield out. Hey, Kirk, that was Rob Lightfield. <laughs> Just to let you know. <laughs> Quartermaster, that was Rob Lightfield. All right, Eli, take it away. Yeah. Uh, yes, you heard Rob Lightfield right there. That's wait, wait, a- wait, did you say that was Rob Lightfield? That was Rob Lightfield. Kirk, that was Rob Lightfield. I reached out to Rob Lightfield myself and said, hey, for what guru to another, can you show me some love? Can you show me a little madness so I get me a little gladness? And he said, yes. And you heard him. You can go to Ivory Comics website. You can check out the Savage book that cannot be beat, cannot be beat for free. You can read it. Due to COVID, it had problems with the printer. You can read it for free. Check it out. You're going to love it. You also can see where I have artwork for Project Geisha, the Molly Be Damned. And of course, on this podcast, you will never miss an episode because there's always a link. All right? That's energy for you. Right, you can also find me on Facebook, Eli H. Ivory. You can also see on Facebook, the Project Geisha Facebook page. You can also find me on Instagram. I'm there, eivory 504 And, of course, on Twitter, you can find me on Headcocktail 166 So, uh, by the way, Kirk, that was Rob Blyfell right there. <laughs> That's some good stuff. That's why when you appreciate the madness, you just bringing me the gladness. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, Kirk, before you shove that extendable baton, police baton up my butt, uh, we love you, man. We're just kidding. Oh, that's bull. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's bad love for you, Kirk. And he, he probably would appreciate you extending the police baton up the butt. <laughs> Only you do, Cap. I, was, I wasn't going to say that. but you know. <laughs> Only you. We love you, Kirk. And, and if you want to book a vacation with Lee, so you can, uh, well, not view Howard the Duck, but at least go visit the Creator's uh, Museum. Over oh, in Disneyland, maybe when they have the ships, when you know oh, all the, the stuff ships. is over, you can see the movie. Yes. There you go. Absolutely, if you want to do that, you can do so through Lee. Lee, tell them how to book a vacation to the world or land. Apparently, is almost opening. Maybe, hopefully soon. Yes, you can call me at eight three two four three one sixteen twenty one. That's eight three two Howard the Duck Butt. <laughs> Damn it! That's genius. Very good. Very good. Why did I think of that? D-K-B-U-T. Email me at Lee at MagicRway.com. Facebook page, Facebook.com slash LostAvica Travel. That's L-A-S-T-O-V-I-C-A Travel. Instagram, you can find me at You Got a Friend in Lee Travel. 
If you do any of that, we'll get you hooked up and booked up with no. Dukovica! In addition, there are so many ways to support the show as a whole, and you can find them all on our website, magicoway.com. Any way in which you can support the show is deeply appreciated. We also want to take a second and thank you for being a loyal listener, and we love hearing from our listeners. All opinions are always welcome to Magic Our Way Podcast, so make sure you get in touch with us today. So, my weekends, ladies and gentlemen, we say Quaharini. My name is Kevin. And I'm Danny. Magic out. I have every intention of eating those bananas for breakfast, but I still somehow end up with Turber baby food. <laughs> nice. In addition to my 12 pairs of shoes, I also pack Mad Hatter Radio <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> in my suitcase. Those are your emergency Mad Hatter Radio shoes. Emergency Mad Hatter Radio shoes. <laughs> when I want to listen to Mad Hatter Radio, I make sure to change my shoes to my Mad Hatter shoes.